All right, welcome back to the Real Alpha Talk podcast with Aaron and Abby. Welcome, Abby. Hello, welcome back to another week. So it's another week, another interesting, exciting episode on conflict management. So I did an article on LinkedIn about this just the other day, and I wanted to bring it to light um, and probably paint it in a different perspective for listeners. So the question is, is conflict management life or death? Um, Perhaps in an aviation sense it can be, but when it comes to your personal relationships, your business, what does it mean if you don't resolve a conflict, you know, or if you don't resolve it soon enough, what can be the implications? So I've got a bunch of notes here and I'm going to just touch on some of the common causes of conflict um go through some of the best practices and then talk about a real world example from aviation we'll have a chat about some of the analysis and reflection there and then abby and i will chat about some of the conclusions and what people can take away and use for their own sort of workplace or career relationships and things like that so in this in this situation, we dive into the importance of conflict management in aviation. So a real-world case study that will probably leave you stunned and it'll probably give you a, a few key takeaways that you can apply to your career. So comms breakdowns between pilots and air traffic control can happen like with disagreements between crew members, disputes with customers, conflicts in aviation can arise from a multitude of reasons. So these conflicts can lead to like increased stress, stress levels for the pilots, even for the ground crew. Uh, you know, you might see flight stewards running around frantically. Rarely will you see that, but if if you do see that, it's probably a time for you to panic. You know, something's gone uh, astray in the in the uh, cockpit environment. It's going to lead lead to dis- decreased product productivity, and some, and in extreme cases, can lead to like an accident. Um, so some of the best practices that we've come across in aviation um, includes having the skill to resolve a conflict and also recognize there is a conflict, you know. So um, that's that comes back to effective communication, active listening, empathy, and obviously problem solving. But it's hard to resolve a problem if you don't know it's there. So if you're ignoring it, if there's a conflict between another you and another person, the idea is to bring it to light first and have a chat about it rather than ignoring it. So using some of these skills will um, help you find those mutually beneficial solutions that are going to improve performance overall. So, But a real-world case study um, includes the Asiana Airlines Flight 215 214 crash. So in 2013, the flight uh, crash occurred in San Francisco, causing uh, loss of life and uh, widespread damage. So, yeah, this accident was a result of miscommunication between pilots and air traffic control and basically a failure of following just standard procedures and a lack of situational awareness led to this accident. So... The investigation into the crash revealed that the flight crew was under uh, a lot of pressure to meet their performance targets, leading to that poor decision-making and communication. So so uh, this is like a pretty harsh reminder, you know, for the importance of conflict resolution. You know, the lessons learned from this flight crash highlighted the need to uh, for individuals to possess that you know, conflict resolution uh, skill, you know, to prevent, obviously, the worst-case scenario, which was a crash, you know. Um, and that, that ties back to improving your assertiveness and your ability to communicate the fact that there's an issue that needs to be resolved. Um, in aviation, it, it's not smart to sit back and go, there's something not right here, but I'm not going to say anything because I'm not the boss, you know. That's not the right approach. You actually... If there's a conflict there, that's kind of like a conflict that hasn't been resolved yet. So these 
And these skills can translate to business, career, professional sports, where um, you, you, you might not be in that high-risk industry per se. There's not a life-or-death situation, but it still has a catastrophic event. You know, if you're in a professional sport um, and you don't say something to your captain, for example, about a certain situation where you can exploit the competitor, you know, and you lose the game, I mean, that's that's the type of event you don't want. So that's kind of what we're trying to get to in this podcast and like discuss about conflict resolution. So um, like there's going to be conflicts in every role situation. I'm sure, I'm sure you've come across that even in personal relationships, Abby. Yeah, definitely in personal relationships as well as um, professional ones. Uh, Personally, it was related to a trauma that I went through and then confronting, it comes in to do with confront, confrontation as well, confronting someone that I thought was a friend saying, look, I just don't feel like you want to hang out with me anymore. Like, you know, you just don't think of that when you're a kid. You don't think to go up to someone and say, hey, why aren't you hanging out with me? But as an adult, we get a bit braver, I think, uh, depending on your situation, obviously, but you get a bit braver and bolder to want to ask these questions. So when you're faced with that confrontation, it comes it comes to a conflict because then I got completely almost rejected by this person who I will not disclose who it is, obviously. But um, and I felt extremely disheartened by it. I was so upset. But then I was like, do you know what? There was clearly an an issue to be addressed. I couldn't have just gone on constantly thinking that we were we were friends when clearly it turned out we actually weren't. Um, she the person she was there for me at the time that I needed her. But then afterwards, I just felt this completely drift and that that hurt that really really hurt but when she was confronted by it it came to a conflict because she didn't think anything was wrong she said how how dare you insinuate that I am being this way and da 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 and then clearly never followed up anything in must be about five six years now so it just proves to you that people just don't like what, (laughs) what the truth is sometimes they don't want to hear it but then why do you go on pretending like it it can be something when it's not Yeah, yeah. I guess the truth can hurt sometimes uh, in those situations as well. Like some people don't want to face the truth in some situations where they don't want to hear what you've got to say, even though it yeah. can be quite awkward or difficult to have that conversation. Definitely. I mean, I don't think anyone particularly likes confrontation or conflict. I, I don't think, and it depends yeah. what context it context it's in I guess um I know in professional professionally I sometimes like when I outline a job that I'm doing and I say can you please specify you know basically the specifications what you need the guidelines like I need to know what tone it is I need to know what accent it is I need to know what audience it is and then you do all the things that they require and then they say oh no this x y and z needs doing still as well and then you don't get any recognition for it you don't get any extra pay for it and you're like hmm why would i actually bother but you have to you have to bring up the conflict of you know <laughs> you told me x y and z and now you're telling me a b and c so where do you draw the line? But like you say, people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to. But then there's always that saying of like, the customer's always right. And you think, hmm, are they always right? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hard balance sometimes to get uh, to get it right. Uh, I know that I've been in a situation where I was in a, direct conflict situation in work where I was I was the leader. I was delivering a, a talk on safety and uh, typically as a safety person, you're, you're the minority, you know. <laughs> and uh, in the room was a bunch of technicians and a lead technician turned around and he, he said in front of everyone and he told me I should uh, do my job rather than tell them what to do. And I'm like, well, you know, I took this out of, I, I was just blown away. Like I was just like real blindsided and um, it turned into a full-blown conflict. It was like I wasn't prepared for this mentally and I was just, I was there to help. But in this situation, I did not handle it very well at all. I was, um, I, I took it really hard in terms of, I think my ego really, was going back at this guy even though it wasn't professional at all it was just not a good situation definitely would have done it differently if i could do it again um and 
the weird thing was I was quite uh, close with this guy, but he just had a trigger in him that he often would just pipe up about something and it wouldn't he wouldn't care who it was. So it was like really like I was like really surprised by him and what he did, but it was just like, mate, we're not men we're not friends anymore, mate, you know, after that. <laughs> I'm like, no. yeah. The way you brought that up and telling me to do my job, I'm like, mate, I'm here helping you guys. Like we've got four hundred staff. I'm the only safety guy. I cannot be everywhere at once. But regardless yeah. of that situation, I just didn't handle it very well. So But I suppose it's your natural instinct public, though, isn't it? Can be, but public forum, your leadership position, not not something you need to do. Like it's not going to build credibility, you know. It's not professional. Yeah. But um, I think what you did sounds like it would have been a better approach, like taking the person aside one to one. Possibly a better way to resolve a, a conflict, but um, I guess we don't always have that option when we're presented with some sort of con- conflicting situation, like. Like what I had no. to go through, but I don't. I don't think you can you can plan for that kind of thing. Sometimes, like you just said, you know, you you did take it personally, but that's just your natural instinct to take it personally because you care about what you're doing. Yeah, yes, but yeah, it just wasn't a good situation. Not a good way to handle the conflict because, um, in an aviation sense, it wasn't yeah. a life or death situation. Um, what I should have done is realized that there's a conflict and I should have just, um, the way I should have approached it was basically calming the situation by acknowledging that obviously there's some people are, that are upset. Um, I don't want to result. I don't want to have a conflict. I don't want to have a confrontation. Um, obviously this meeting's not going anywhere. Um, I'll come back when everyone's cooled down and have a, Better, better uh, conversation about it. Probably pull the pull the guy aside one to one and get his deep and dark thoughts and find out really what he <laughs> thinks. <laughs> Some people just have have it in for you, but I, I didn't think it at the time because I thought this guy was like quite friendly with me. But um, at the same time, he's yeah. an influential guy too. So um, there's been s- situations in aviation, like well reported ones, where there might be a senior guy or senior captain in the cockpit um, who's controlling the aircraft and there's a junior person who realises there's a situation that needs to be resolved, but they make that false assumption that the co- the captain knows what they're doing. Um, so it's kind of like an internal conflict that people have to come overcome sometimes as well. Um, should they say something? Should they not? Do they want to cause a conflict? Do they want to not? That kind of thing too, so... Yeah, and I think yeah. although although you, I know you said you could you could handle it differently, and and that is your natural reaction. But I suppose we do learn from these things. Like we always think what we should have should have could should have would have could have you know all those things that we should have done or couldn't have done. But I guess we learn from those, don't we? And then we know how to implement them for going forward. And that that's what it's all about. Like reflecting uh, on a situation like that. If you do have a conflict where it didn't get resolved or it didn't go well it's all about reflecting and learning and thinking about how you're going to approach that next time so yeah i think that's really important in any situation um i can imagine i mean it's not easy is it like everyone's so different you know no and you don't know how someone's gonna react you know if you have some some sort of conflict you might think oh they're gonna take this all right and then yeah. they don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And I think even in terms of like relationships or starting relationship, I guess it comes, all different topics come into it, but just about honesty as well, isn't it? Just being honest from the start. If you, if you're not, if you don't like someone, then just tell them. Like, I know that's difficult to, for people to hear the truth, but don't lead someone on. Like, I just don't think it's fair. Like you just need to be honest with that person and say, look, I'm not looking for something serious or, you know, especially when you're first starting out, it's so difficult to gauge the situation. So yeah. I know as a single person out there in this big, bad world, it is so hard. It's like, can you not just have something on your forehead, please, that says, I'm single and I like you? Because that would be a lot easier. Thank you very much. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's like, come on. Oh, my God. 
come on, guys, sort it out. And I guess I'm quite a traditional person in terms of like, no, it should be the guy coming up to the girl. <laughs> Very old fashioned in that way. In in dating, it's hard, isn't it? Like, because there's so much now in dating that is so much. Like, it's there's a lot of unwritten rules and a, a lot of <laughs> unsaid things, kind of implied things, and you don't know how to how to navigate all the time, like different cultures, things like that. I know with my no, partner, um, I I made the assumption that we were exclusive and uh, then she turned around <laughs> one day and said, oh, you haven't asked me to be your girlfriend. I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, geez. Uh, I didn't know that I was a thing. I you off, but, uh, you know, cause some, <laughs> some women, like in my experience anyway, they like, they get a bit, like a bit, scared when sometimes you you make that sort of hard like hard and fast sort of approach like are we girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever so (laughs) you know know. different cultures we are we are funny human beings sometimes (laughs) like we don't like it when a guy's too much into us and then we don't (sighs) like it we like it then we're like "Mm, no he's not he's been so cold i don't like it now and then you're like no he's he's telling me he likes me that freaks me out so it's like what what do you do (laughs) yeah yeah and some people just have that gift of the gab. They're like, uh, you know, they're really good talkers. They'll tell you what you want to hear. But it may not be going where you think it's going as well. Like, it's just it's a difficult yeah. space to navigate dating, definitely. And I know there's always that saying of, like, it's not you, it's me. But sometimes it really is just them and it's it's not you. you, you oh, it's yeah. hard not to I take agree. it personally. Believe me, I've been shut down so many times. But it's just like, I'd rather they told me the truth and just, like, look... It's just not happening. Then, then carry something on just for the sake of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like from what I understand, what I've heard about guys in this day and age, it's um, a lot of guys, especially in their twenties and thirties, are just afraid of commitment. And uh, as soon as yeah. as soon as they sniff a bit of commitment, they're like, "Oh, moving on." Like, oh, I can't handle this. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I've heard of this phenomenon. It's called the the George Clooney approach, where they they date until they're fifty and then they get married. <laughs> I've literally never heard of that. That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, I think it was in a movie or something. I'm like, that's hilarious, man. But so many guys are doing it. It's like, man, that's not good. You know, really <laughs> playing brilliant. their cards. Like, I don't know, man. Well, but I say I say that's brilliant, but is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, is this the is this where Sorry, dating's going I've, these days? Like, jeez, you know. <laughs> who, who knows? knows? I I feel like I've totally taken you off complete subject here, Aaron. So I do apologise, but I think it's a really interesting conversation <laughs> because I know a lot of got like some people feel funny about like having kids, and for for a lot of and I'm not just saying it's women because that's probably quite you know one-sided like but it is a huge thing for for women in there especially in their 30s and I was actually just thinking about this the other day I was talking to someone and, and we were like why does society allow us to think as a 35 or a 36 or a 37 year old that we are cut off from having children like that's not fair like someone who might be sure. 16 is too young someone who's 21 is too young but oh 25 well that's great you know so who says that's okay oh. and th- I think that that is a conversation that needs to be brought up as well but that is a huge thing about especially personally, like I'm probably divulging way too much information here, but as a personal matter, having children is something I see in my life. So meeting someone just even for a week or two, it's like you'd like to know that eventually that might be their plan as well and marriage, hopefully. That's it. Yeah, it's so hard to navigate with uh, people's intentions. You don't know truly what they want. Like yeah, may have good chemistry, but... Uh, you know, that person may not be ready for commitment in terms of kids and things. Um, nope. <laughs> but but there's so many different avenues to explore with dating. Like uh, it's just such a difficult um, difficult one to navigate. I don't I don't know if I'm the best person to talk to about dating, but um, <laughs> but certainly me like <laughs> definitely wouldn't take dating advice like, from me. I, I could definitely. Like, I can definitely make observations about, like, what I've heard and, like, the situations mm. women have faced. Like, my current partner, she's told me some bizarre stories, man. You know, like, dating some mm-hmm. guy, he's gotten cold feet and gone to the other side of Australia, like, 
and just didn't tell her until he was there. Like that's just bizarre stuff, you know. Like that's really harsh. I mean, little boys, man. You know, they they seem to be they're not grown men. They're just in their head. They're just little boys, even though they're yeah. probably mid twenties. Just weird people, man. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we need just to weird, go but... back to the older guys, <laughs> the fifty year olds, <laughs> the George Clooney situation. Yeah, maybe that's it. Like, yeah. Even I got approached by some sugar daddy on Insta the other day. I don't know if (laughs) you saw that. Yes, I did see that. I did, yeah. Pretty weird, man. But maybe that's the approach, you know, go older. (laughs) I actually, I did did something similar a few months back and I screenshot it like you did. And um, I actually got, like, restricted from posting for a while. I was like, I'm not the one who sent it. I'm just... Outing what? them to the world. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Is that? like, wow. That's oh, interesting. Net. Yeah. It's the it's the little accounts that get cancelled for this crap. Like you post that as a yeah. as a blue tick person, you'd be you'd be popular, you know? But <laughs> just these Definitely. these are I don't know I don't know how where social media's going these days, but really I think it's a difficult space to navigate with um what you post. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm part of this group on Facebook, and um, it's a fun. It's a fun group. It's not serious at all, and it's actually, um, I think it's called "We Pretend to Be Boomers," and we we talk <laughs> about millennials, and like you have to be in character the whole time, and okay. so um, people post some all all this weird stuff, like like typical posts, like uh, uh, complaining about like. Um, what millennials would have done about us in a certain situation and um <laughs> it's hilarious but you you don't comment as a normal person you have to comment as a boomer baby boomer <laughs> i don't know who came up with this group but it's so funny <laughs> but um but you have to be careful what you say on that too because you can get cancelled on like I, I i was put in facebook jail for a comment i said about someone but it was more a, it was just a joke yeah. it wasn't serious at all like Social media these days is going bizarre. Like I think it's a, politically incorrect. It's a, I was so a scary world. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook jail for about thirty days. So, so weird, man. Crazy. But I, so I reckon I back to dating. Back to dating, <laughs> like, like because no, you're you said you're single, right? Yeah. What what sort of like conflict situations have you come across, like in dating, like? Is it is it a difficult space um, to navigate in your side of the world? Um, for me, it is just because anyone that I particularly like on the dating apps, and I don't know, like I think you mentioned, you mentioned your partner on 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 the apps and stuff, but and like my sister met her husband on Tinder, and you know it is possible, and several other of their friends and my friends, they they have the whole online thing has worked for people. It's just over here in Portugal, anyone that I'm remotely attracted to just seems to never live here, which is not Mm. ideal. So, yeah, my sister has actually banned me from talking, even talking to anyone who doesn't have a residency card. She's like, no, don't do it to yourself because I end up liking someone who lives in America or Australia or, you know, England or whatever. And I'm like, why do I do it to myself? I'm like, oh, but they'll be coming back. You know, it's fine. They'll be coming back. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, they're really not coming back. And then you try and make the effort both sides. And I feel like I'm making more of the effort. There was this yeah. one person who was going, he was going back to England, and to be fair to him, he he was going back to England, so he wasn't looking for anything, anything long term. So it's just like, well, what does that mean if you're not looking for anything long term? Then you're you're obviously just looking for some fun. So it's like, mm, it's hard, like for women to get their heads and their hearts separated. It's it's not. I don't feel like it's prop, it's possible sometimes. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but you are, yeah. You you you're confronted with that confliction of, oh, do I carry this on? Do I not? And yeah, it's uh, it's just people. It's funny because people say my friends say I have a type. I'm like, but how do I have a type? Because every single person, not every single, that is in like each person that I have been with, um, it has been different. So I don't really see how I have a type. Just a non asshole yeah. is usually good. It's always a good start, <laughs> you know. It, it's the it's what the about hard you, one Aaron? to navigate with. With uh, it's hard one to navigate with um the old working holiday sort of situation i guess 
when I was yeah. like in defense traveling a lot, it, you would meet, you might meet someone that you really like, you know, and I did, I did, <laughs> I met someone in another state and it was like very difficult, you know, <laughs> I really liked this person and uh, it just, it fizzled away like quicker than I would have imagined, but it, it was magical, you know, it was really good. Mm. I don't know if it was because we were so far away from each other, um, yeah. but when we did see each other, it was really good, but it, the time away made it so hard. And, you know, in the end, it just burnt us both out. Like we just had to yeah. go our separate ways in the end, but it's difficult sometimes. Like when you meet that person you like, but just for the life of you, it's just so hard to make happen, you know? It is. That, that, that calls then... for like a crucial conversation sometimes. Like you have to have that, <laughs> like... When yeah. do you make that decision? Like, who's going to move? Yeah, I think um, the approach I took in the end was like, if you don't have a plan, it's kind of going to go like that for a while. Like, if you don't have a plan to be in the same room together <laughs> indefinitely, then mm-hmm. it's sort of like you're going to be forever in that long-term distance relationship too. So, Yeah. Um, and I think, um, be, I don't know if this is wrong to say, just being a woman, because I think men, obviously, they have they have romantic gestures as well. But I always think back to, like, stupid Disney. Like, thank you, Disney, for ruining, ruining my whole life plans because I just go by, like, Hallmark and Disney and all the happy endings and, like, the prince ends up with the princess and all that. So, like, come on. Is this really real life? Because it's not happening so far. <clears throat> but I always just used to think, yeah. oh, you know, if I did meet someone on holiday, then they might be like, oh, my God, I'll move for you. <laughs> Like, isn't that a crazy gesture that they might actually do? But to expect that so early on is like, oh, now I'm going to scare them away. Um, there was this one guy I went on a few dates with him. He lived in Ireland. And I basically told him, I was like, you know, I really I really like you and stuff. And he was like, but I live in Ireland. You live here. I'm like, but then move for me, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a difficult one. It's so hard to move. Um yeah, I don't. Just always. I think I've. Oh, yeah. I was Sorry, um, carry before on. COVID when I met my part. When I met my partner, um, I lived in Newcastle. Um, but she lived in Sydney, so it was like not too far, but still two hours commute. So, and I had that horror, horror sort of, um, horror back backstory from the long distance relationship and how that didn't work out. But two hours wasn't too bad, but it's better than having another country though. <laughs> That's yeah. even harder. <laughs> Different time zones, I think, are really difficult. That would be hard. Oh, massively, massively difficult. I think I just always used to think like if you were really into someone, if you really liked them, then you would make it happen. That's just always in the back of my mind. I'm like, if you really think that this person is worth it, then then you would hold on to them and you would make you would take a chance but then there's that <clears throat> that conflict isn't it that comes into it then of like well who's going to make the move and is it worth it because it's only been a few weeks or it's been a few days or you know it's it's tricky oh, it, I, yeah. honestly it, it is such a difficult world anyway but navigating dating is like even harder it's like wow i used to think it was difficult in london i'm like even more isolated where i am <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. if there's anyone out there yeah. please send a message to no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think conflict in that situation is like can be like an internal conflict you know because you kind of want to bring the obvious out into the open like like you said yeah. the elephant in the room needs to be brought out like it's nice to be dating you but you don't live here, so yeah. I hate to ask, but what are your intentions? <laughs> and that that would put someone on the back foot. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe not sometimes. Maybe they might appreciate that too. I don't know. But yeah, just so, like I said the, before, you know, just a bit of a minefield, isn't it? Say, <laughs> yeah. I think there must be a degree in dating, surely. <laughs> I've heard, or at least a I've book. heard there's influences. Like, have you? Do you follow any influences that provide dating 
advice these days? Because I've heard there are yes. some out there. Yes, there is this. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Matthew Huthi Huthi. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but he is awesome. He's okay. like these five texts to send to a guy or something, or like these five things work or whatever. And part of me is like, well, I don't really want to say that to someone, but <laughs> um, and mm. it, fe- it feels you feel guilty almost, even like looking into like how to, how to be around a guy, or you know how to tell someone you like them. Like I've told people I like them before, and it did not go down too well because you know it is totally one sided, and they're like, oh, did I give you any reason to make you think that way? And I'm like, oh well no you're just a nice person so i take that as flirting i don't know who knows who knows but yeah it's super helpful it's not easy i know my my partner she said she was following some influencer and she said he was really good and she bought some of his ebooks and stuff like that so (laughs) i mean because she's uh, a good idea she's got a like a Spanish heritage background, she, she, it's a different culture, you know. So that's yeah. another barrier, a language barrier. So it's so, super hard to communicate with someone that um, it's not your first language as well. So I don't know yeah. if you've gotten that uh, that problem in your dating life. <clears throat> Have you dated other other cultures? No, and it sounds crazy because I've grown up in Portugal my whole life and everyone's like, have you never been with a Portuguese guy? I'm like, no, not that I, like I'm just, I'm not generalizing, trust me. <clears throat> if someone approached me, then maybe, but it's just, it just never happened in my life. Like it's not, it's just, it's just not happened. But I always do think even though, just, despite the fact that I, I am, I'd say conversationally fluent rather than fluent, fluent in Portuguese, but I do feel like the culture, you know, it, it works for some people and it, and it doesn't for others. And that's okay to say, I think, but um, it's not something I would not consider completely, but it's also just something that I haven't considered <clears throat> because it is, it is difficult to express yourself. I think when it's not in your own language, it can I don't be. Know if you find that, yeah, I think it can be, especially in intimacy, intimacy as well. I think um, for certain cultures, that's really important. So to be able to express yourself emotionally, especially for women, I think is very important. And if you can't do that in your first language, it's very hard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're fluent, you know, fluent in English or whatever other language the partner's in. So so have you you been, uh, been learning Spanish then? trying a little bit but it's it's not an easy language um to it's not it's not hard but it's not easy to learn um unless you're around other people like whilst my yeah. partner does she's quite fluent in english and we just kind of revert back to what whatever's easiest so it's um yeah when i was overseas i've picked it up a lot easier to be honest so it was very much i was i wasn't talking fluently but I was like talking a lot more, practicing a lot more. <laughs> Had a lot more time to do it as well because I was on holiday, so that that made it easier. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think conflict is inevitable in that situation as well. Like we've had our conflicts, disagreements, and it's hard to resolve yeah. sometimes because we have cultural differences, you know, yeah. expectations, different yeah. different expectations. You know, um, definitely. What she would and I, expect. I know. Sometimes <clears throat> I don't even know about. You know. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah, I'd I'd love to keep chatting about dating and everything as well, but I don't know if I've completely taken us off off topic here, and I don't know if there's some other points you want to mention, um, relating to aviation or even just like communication breakdowns, um, even anything to do with empathy. Problem solving. Yeah, I, guess. I didn't want to. I just thought it was good, good uh, topic to dart off into because um, yeah. it's quite relevant anyway. But personal relationships so. certainly, certainly what we talk about in the book. So I got the new book yeah. here. Oh, I um, did see the so cover. Personal, That's awesome. Personal relationships are are important too. Um, it, it, a lot of conflict yeah. resolution is grounded in personal relationships. So. Uh, a project 100%. manager that I know, he actually told me that 
he learnt conflict resolution with his kids. So, <laughs> con- like, conflict resolution in project management is really important. You know, you need to be able to relate to a lot of people, help people resolve conflict and get on with their job. Um, he said he learnt it with his kids. You know, he learned how to negotiate with his kids. And I was like, wow, I didn't think about it like that, you know. <laughs> but it's all transferable skills. Like, you know, you can take take examples from dating and yeah. you might you might be able to apply it to workplace in, in a certain sense because, you know, everyone's different. But maybe in workplace, people are a bit more confined to like, you know, the fact that they need an income, they need to be there. Um, yeah. In dating, it's a bit more open greenfield type approach, but. I That's guess so if true, we're thinking actually. about aviation, um, effective communication is obviously key. You know, you need to communicate what you're feeling and do it in a timely manner. You know, um, in a dating sense, it's hard because you don't want to scare the person off. But that's the <laughs> same for workplace as well. Like if something happens that you flag and you're like, this may be an issue, Potentially, it's not going to serve you well if you just jump on it straight away each time and go, that's an issue, that's an issue. Like, you kind of, sometimes you need to give it a bit of time to, sometimes it can resolve itself because you don't want this awkward relationship from the start. You you want a good relationship, mm-hmm. good working relationship. You know, I've had, have an in, I've had an instance where uh, a guy at work would deliberately ignore me, right? Um, he would address other people, but for one reason or another, he would not acknowledge me. And that's sort of a situation where I didn't know what to navigate. I was like, well, I don't know what to do about this, but it's not my problem because I'm a friendly guy. I'm, I'm talking, I talk to everyone. And if he's got an issue, then it's his issue, not mine. Like, I don't know what to do in that situation. Like, you know, move on. Like, I don't rely on him whatever so it is what it is but that comes back to like active listening and empathy like you said like having empathy understanding that not everyone is going to get along you know like it's important Mm. to show empathy in that situation be positive but realize that you you may just not get along with everyone you know yeah i I think that's a difficult Sorry, I was just going on about like empathy and in, in, in the workplace as well. But that is a difficult one to navigate because you want everyone to like you, but then you're like, actually, do you have to like me? Because I don't have to like you either. So that that that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember there being this this one time, and um, I was on. It was a I was booking a kids party because I was in charge. I was a kids party coordinator, and um, someone rang up and they were asking me about the food, and like, oh, can we have halal food? And I, I said, I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. And I was, and everyone was like, what? You don't know what that is? I was like, well, I grew up in Portugal. We, it's just not in our culture. Like we have so much meat in Portugal. It's it's unreal. And I know I'd been in London for quite some time, but then it is a cultural thing. And, you know, not to offend anyone's culture or anyone's background, but I don't know what that is. So how am I meant to pretend that I know what it is? And then I got told off for it. And I was like, wow, oh, this customer's really not happy. And I was just, and no one was supportive of me. And I was just like, I'm sorry, but we've all grown up in different places. This isn't fair. Um, so, yeah, that was a, yeah, a large yeah. com- conflict there. Because I was just like, well, am I expected to know what it is? Yeah. How do you know? If you don't know, you have to ask, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, and that's 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 part of it. It's um, empathizing with <laughs> in that situation. You kind of want people to empathize with you, right? It's like you, know, yeah. you didn't know. I mean, why jump poor, on poor me? Girl. You know? um, <laughs> she didn't know. <laughs> during during COVID, I had a situation where um, it was like right at the start of COVID. No one knew anything about how to manage it. Um, I, I did my own research into some academic research papers, and I found a couple of articles on the right type of respirator they should use, people should use in the workplace. But it hadn't been published by the government, you know. So I was like, um, I spoke to this CEO who wanted to go and visit her staff and it was like really not a smart move. Like you don't want to go visit people. No one knows anything about this virus, blah, blah, blah. It was really Mm -hmm. early days. And I I was like, if you're going to go, you probably should wear some mask, you know, wear a mask uh, 
all this and stuff. Mm. And she's like, oh, but that's against what the government is saying. They're saying masks are useless. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, don't use it then. Like, I don't know what, to, what else to say. I'm trying to help you. But yeah. that, that almost ended my career right there because, like, she went and complained to my director and all this stuff. Oh, and I was like, mate, like, it's, I know it's a touchy situation. I'm trying to yeah. help. Like, better to have protection than no protection. I mean, in my in my yeah. view, but yeah. her view was she didn't want to scare people off. I guess it, if so. it was that early on, but at the same time, like I don't see any harm in making a suggestion of safety. <laughs> it was just uh, such a touchy. People were just in that heightened sense of stress. Like it was just, how do we navigate this? How are people going to manage? Are we going to survive? <laughs> Is it the end of the world? Like, I don't know. You know, people yeah. were panic buying, like buying toilet paper. Like, I don't know if you guys yeah. had that in Portugal. Did we you had guys it more in panic it, buying? Yeah. Yeah. More more in England than here, actually. Um, but I guess, like you say, every, everyone was dealing with it so differently and no one knew what to expect. Mm. It was so, it feels weird even talking about it. It's like, what? We were confined to our own little spaces and, uh, yeah, it, it just seems yeah. like a completely another, another world. We talk about like BC before COVID <laughs> now. Um, <laughs> BC. Yeah, BC. Um, yeah. It's weird, isn't it, to even like to explain to our children and grandchildren one day, it's like, well, we were all confined to our own little spaces and we only were allowed out a few times a day. And now you think about it. And, and then there's all the whole, like, I don't know if, this is probably a very conflicting conversation, but um, as far as the vaccine goes, like I am vaccinated. I don't know if you are, and you might have had to be for your work. Yeah, had to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it was my choice to get it. A lot of my friends didn't want it, and that's fine. You know, everyone has their own mm. feelings about it, their own choices. But when you hear all these things about why you shouldn't get it no one listens to why you might want to get it and why you should get it and your reasons for getting it. Like I've got asthma. My mm. dad has diabetes. He was very high risk and I'm living with my family. Like my parents aren't exactly old, but they are older. Mm. So I was trying to protect them as well from, from living with them. Um, and you know, as soon as the vaccine came like, I was, I was like, give, give me my, give me my vaccine. And you had to go through all this protocol of like, no, your age hasn't been called up yet. I'm like, just give me the vaccine. Um, and it, it might be, yeah, and people were really scared about infertility and all of this and da-da-da. Um, but I know several people and family who have, who have managed to conceive with, with having had the vaccine as well. So it is a risk that, that you take. I know it was early, but at the same time, why can't we have this? It is a conflict of interest because, you know, why can't I explain my reasons? Why can't I shout off about my reasons for having it? But you can you can tell me your reasons for not having it. So just don't know uh yeah it is a top yeah. touchy subject i guess it just wasn't i don't think it's been handled well in any <laughs> sense of the meaning of code because you know i think uh imposing imposing um the vaccine is just not a good approach like from my uh, opinion anyway from a safety professional imposing stuff is never a good way to introduce the reason for doing it like it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like backwards people would would naturally push back against being imposed on like that like it's yeah. human nature and they basically in australia they forced it by you know yeah. re restricting people you know of their liberties they couldn't go to basic shops and things like that couldn't go out to yeah. restaurants unless you're double vaxxed and it's like yeah i mean i'll go get the vaccine and all this stuff but now now it doesn't matter yeah. it's like oh all of a sudden people don't need to be vaccinated now our oh, vaccines are ineffective in some of the media outlets so what the heck like after all this <laughs> we don't even care about it so it's just like just bizarre who knows yeah. who knows what to, next Talk they'll be telling conflict, us carrots are bad yeah. for us <laughs> <laughs> Talk about conflict, you know. There's, yeah. there's some interesting things exactly. happening here in Australia. There's like this um, sovereign sovereign citizen approach where people are like um, they're choosing to be free free citizens. They're not under the system and all this stuff. It's we really weird stuff. Wow. But um, it's kind of like that 
um, repelling against the government and what they've imposed. You know, it's kind of like an after effect. Like people are yeah. naturally pissed off that they were forced down this path. It's sort of kind of like kind of uh, yeah. could be controversial if anyone's listening to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this, I mean, the last point I was going to touch mm-hmm. on was managing the stress of um, conflict resolution because mm-hmm. it's important to manage the relationship, especially if you're in work or in a life or death type situation where you have something important to say, but you don't know whether the benefit outweighs the, the risk of creating a conflict by bringing it to light. So... Um, But at the same time, unmanaged stress can lead to poorer outcomes, like what we saw with the aircraft crash where someone didn't speak up and they ended up crashing, you know. So it's a real balance to have, like, you want to manage that stress level and try to remove yourself from the situation, think about it more from logic and go, what's the outcome we want? because that will naturally take you away from that personal conflict and more towards the outcome. And if you can get other people focused on the outcome, um, it's going to be mutually beneficial to everyone. It's like, hey, I know that we don't agree on this, but the outcome is what we want. This is the outcome. We want to land the aircraft safely, right? So this is what we should do. Same in the workplace, like, you know, there's normally a performance target you want to meet. Like, what's the outcome we need here rather than I have a personal, you know, like what I said earlier about that guy that was like pers- like purposely or what, he was avoiding even acknowledging me. Like, I don't know why I didn't ever, never said anything offensive to him or anything in my view, but um, yeah. it's not going to yeah. be beneficial to even talk to him about it because we don't really work together anyway so it's like you know what i mean if you want to be rude that's fine i don't really care because it doesn't affect my job and i'm here just to really at the end of the day i'm just here to work so what can i do like mate if you want to be like that that's your situation your problem and it it, it came across as rude to other people too because other people noticed it so it was kind of like yeah not really bad reflecting on me it's reflecting bad on him so what else can I do? You know, I'm not going to try and resolve yeah. that conflict. It's like, you know, resolve your own conflict in your own head, mate. So that's it. Yeah, I think I think you handled that very well. Um, it's difficult when you, you, you feel stressed about it, I'm sure, like when you're in the moment and then you realize afterwards you're like, oh, my gosh, that actually happened. I feel so stupid. <clears throat> but sometimes if you say nothing, you'll feel even worse. True. And in that situation, it's it's like – I did feel like maybe I should say something. I was like, you know, I want to be, there's that sense at work where you want to be accepted, you know. Um, I was quite new to that workplace. So it was like I noticed a pattern. I thought, oh, it's happened once. Oh, now it's happened again. Oh, okay, this guy's done it three times now. Maybe there's something, like I didn't think it was a thing, but now I'm realizing, oh, this is like he's purposely like not even uh, – saying hello, Aaron, but he'll say hello to the guy next to me, <laughs> literally. Like, that was like, okay, that's weird, but you know what? Uh, what can I do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to really care unless, obviously, if he was my boss or I don't think that would even happen if it was your boss because your boss literally has to talk to you. But, I mean, <laughs> if it's someone you so. rely on in workplace, that's that's an even worse situation. But, yeah. Yeah. What about your thoughts Definitely. on dating? Any any closing thoughts oh, from, <laughs> from conflict resolution? Closing sort of thoughts. Oh goodness me, stuck, 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 stuck. Um, oh, um I would just say, <clears throat> just be open. It's difficult to be open because there's so much riding on that. There's there's all the things that come into it, like oh, if I come on too strong. He or she will run away. But 
<laughs> I think Daisy, it just needs to be a lot easier. It really does. It doesn't, there shouldn't be, there shouldn't have to be a manual. And it is easy for someone to, who is in a relationship or who has children, you know, oh, it'll, ha- it'll happen when you least expect it. And all this is like, well, what happens if you're always expecting it? <laughs> um, but yeah, closing, closing thoughts on it. I guess I don't really have much to advise because I've, I'm not one to talk to about about dating advice. I would just say just be you as well because that's what is attractive to someone is being yourself. Well, we hope. Um, because there are people out there who have their differences and that's why they work sometimes and people go, oh, I don't know if they, they go well together. It's like, well, what, who's to say that? Because no one knows what happens, you know, indoors. <clears throat> um, and I'm probably talking absolute rubbish here, but... Yeah, I'd just say just be open and and conflict where needed. And if it's not right, walk away. If it is right, then stay. Yay, it rhymes. <laughs> that's it. I think that's a good point. Like, uh, you know, conflict where it's needed, you know. That's right. Like, conflict is inevitable. Conflict is also beneficial too. It's good to have conflict in terms of, like, you know, when you're talking about something that you need to be resolved, like conflict is the start of a negotiation. It's kind of like, okay, there's a compromise here. There's a middle ground that we need to find to resolve the conflict. Um, and not, not all, all conflicts will be resolved, but that can be good as well because in a way it, you, you may eliminate that person in the dating sense. Like you, you're like, okay, well, yeah. X, Y, Z, okay, you don't meet that criteria. See you later. Like sort of remove the emotion from that situation. Yeah, and I also feel like that is probably probably the outline of the dating apps is so that you can outline X, Y, and Z like you just said. So (laughs) hopefully that's uh, there for a reason. Well, that's it. Like do the the dating apps need to be improved, you know? Hmm, yeah. I think everyone needs to be vetted properly. <laughs> Vetting. Vetting is important, isn't it? <laughs> and there's the, uh, there I don't know if like you watched the, uh... sorry, carry on. The, the Bachelor? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if you watched the the Tinder Swindler on Netflix. Oh, no, nah, but I, I should have watched yeah. it, yeah. I've heard and it was a you good series. What? It's actually, I wouldn't say, everyone goes, oh, have you seen, have you seen the documentary? Oh, have you seen it? Have you seen it? I'm like, yeah, I have. But to be honest with you, it doesn't stop me from being on there because, okay, this guy, I won't spoil it for you, but too much. (laughs) But basically the guy gives off this impression that he is X, Y, and Z, and he's clearly not. Um, So it's easy for them to fall for that because he did make it seem really realistic. Um, Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't give up my money to someone that I've either never met or just met. So you kind of think. Oh, jeez. Mm. So that's yeah. what he swindled. Eh? He swindled the money. Is that, that swindled the money and then used that to on the next girl, and then swindled the next one, used it on the next girl. Oh, yeah. No way. <laughs> that's horrible. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I haven't read anything about it, but I I, I saw it come on Netflix, but I didn't, never watched it. That's insane, yeah. man. That's another, that's taken dating to a different level. Like that's just <clears throat> scam, scamming. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only thing, the only thing that does probably you can walk away from is, is the trust thing. You, you really kind of think, oh, is this person really who they say they are? But yeah. I think you take that chance with, with someone you might meet in a bar as well. I think it's, you might know more about someone than, than you that's do walking right, on the street yeah. or, you know, tricky yeah. one. It's definitely a tricky one. It's certainly a good podcast to talk about. I think we should talk about it on another episode. Go go into definitely. A, we can go into <laughs> we could a even deep have dive. Some, we'll uh, a, yeah, yeah, some guests. Do a bit of do a bit of research. Maybe yeah, we can have a few guests on talk about their dating experiences. <laughs> do you know yeah. anyone that's I been if, swindled before? Not swindled in terms of money. No, definitely not. No. Um, but also yeah. never really. No, no horror stories, to be honest. Okay, not heard any good, yeah. horror stories, not personally. Yeah, thank God. There's that show um, called Catfish. <clears throat> Have you seen that? 
Yeah, I've only watched a few over the years, but that I don't think I want to watch too much of that. Yeah, scary that one. <laughs> but yeah, maybe if anyone's got any questions for us or wants to give some of their own experiences, maybe they could actually write into us as well, and then we can read some of them out next week or in another podcast. Yeah, actually, uh, I should have um, brought this question up earlier, but I had a question. Um, this is not conflict resolution related but it was about planning and goal setting and this guy wrote a message to me on insta and he kind of had the attitude around um uh why try to do something extraordinary if there's no point uh, like if there's already so much competition and i was like mm. really like i was i was conflicted by that i was like mate that's like saying not trying just because there's other competitors in the game like that's just a weird way to approach life but this was his mentality i'll see if i can bring the message up and refer to it properly yeah i'd um, say that's actually quite quite conflicting uh statement there i think a lot of people would say like for me example i would be like well i'm not going to be an actress because there's already a lot of actresses out there (laughs) yeah yeah it's like okay yeah um because I, I put a post up about, I think it was just sharing a post about some sort of like a businessy type approach. Like, oh, if you want to mm. escape the nine to five, you should look at other ways of making money that are going to create pipeline income and stuff. And he wrote, "Why don't we mm. talk about shipping slash hitting a product that could satisfy the customer slash refunds and returns dominance of big big companies?" And I said, "Oh, I'm confused." He said. Well, there are a lot of external factors that could interrupt this thought. And I was like, okay, where are we going with this? Um, (laughs) I said, corrupt what thought? Like referring to the post, I said, either you want to be a slave for 40 years or you can build your own business. There's no corruption. It's called capitalism. Like this is just the system we're brought up into. And he Mm. goes, oh, um, I'm not talking about it's harsh to do it. It's just that. If I've got a two out of ten chance of succeeding, um, why try? Why bother trying when I can't compete with like Amazon and stuff like that? I'm like, man, I mean, I I gave him this analogy. I said, um, the small plants in the rainforest miss out on the sun because the larger ones have been there before you. Like it's just the nature. Like just Mm. start out where you are. Like water your own plant, you know, and look after yourself. And then you'll get there. Like, it's just everyone started somewhere. Like, like yeah, you said, in acting. Of course. Like, yeah. What, what story of acting, like, how many stories have you heard where people just got it, like, got their, got their dream role from the start, like, with no acting experience? Like, is there any? Yeah. Is there any examples? I'd say there are. I can't think of the specific actors, um, mm. but it does. It, it kind of bothers me. I'm like, I went to I went to drama school, and you just got waltzed in, and you got the job, and I have to audition. <laughs> um, no, but then to be fair to people, it's it is having. It's it's not all about what you know. It's also who you know. But obviously, you have to have some kind of skill to to get to the top. But then, who's whose top is it? Like, if you think about, oh, I want to get to the top, I'm like, well, it's the top of your own game. It's the top of your own goal. It's always you versus you. So, yeah. like, that that statement of, you know, well, why why bother if there's everyone else out there doing it? Well, then I don't think any of us would ever succeed because – and when I say succeed, I mean succeed in our own goals because no one's – hopefully no one is working up to anyone else's goal. That's what I would hope. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It's you, – you won't really – achieve a goal if it's not yours you know i mean maybe in a workplace sense but they're never going to be the goals that you set for yourself like i always set a high bar whether i achieve it or not but i would never take someone else's goal like that would just be weird you know no Um, yeah i think uh i'd encourage anyone if they have questions to send them through we can um have a go at answering them whether they're dating related or not yeah (laughs) <laughs> definitely I, I really like how the how the conversation went actually i didn't expect to be chatting about dating today but it's been really it's been really quite therapeutic actually Aaron, so thank you i think it's good like you know we we don't have to have an agenda as such like um everything's transferable in 
the non-tech skills, soft skills space, like relationships, leadership, communication. I mean, if we only restricted it to aviation, this would be a pretty boring podcast, but it's good to make <laughs> make it more relevant to other people what too, you know. Dating in aviation. <laughs> dating in aviation. Ooh, now we're talking about like another topic. Mile High Club and stuff. Like that. <laughs> yeah. That's for another podcast. It's for another yeah. podcast. Well, thanks for everyone listening. If you have any questions, definitely hit us up on our socials. We'll post those links in the in the um, actual podcast itself. And uh, if you have any questions for Abby or myself, you know where to find us. Thank you.